a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. Welcome to the restricted section in which I am breaking up with Harry Potter and it's literally the largest, lo- largest. It, is literally the, it is literally the longest, hardest breakup of my life, including when I quit smoking cigarettes. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry. We did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, chapter 20, Lord Voldemort's Request. In which we go back in some memories to see some kind of like lame filler episodes in our history of Voldemort's life. I'm your host, Christina. My co-host today is Mary Clay. Say hello to the listeners, Mary Clay. What up, everyone? Oh, my God. She did like (laughs) balloons. How did you do that on your Zoom? Oh, oh, did I? Um, I realized that this happened when I was recording with Adel last week. We discovered that Zoom now recognizes gestures so if you do a thumbs up, <laughs> is mine doing it? Okay, it's, there we go. So it just did a thumbs up on my screen. Uh, I don't oh know God. what I did. What was I doing Hello. that got the that got the balloons Hello. going? You did a peace like, sign, and that gave you balloons, okay, which is weird. We <laughs> it did it again. That is so weird because a peace sign is like no. not. No. In some places, this means fuck you. <laughs> and it's not working for you. Maybe it was. Is it because I was screaming, going like, eh? No, okay. no. It's not right. <laughs> give me. This is great me, for a podcast medium. Give me. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess I won't go see what in my settings is preventing that. Okay. I fine. think you have to upload at least this first minute to like Patreon or something as the video. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Um, our special guest today, you probably have already heard, is our friend Mots. Say hello to the listener, Mots. I was gonna do like a really chill like sup, but <laughs> I feel like it's already been fucked up by the start. Yeah, of this the, the tone has been set. <laughs> hello, listeners. Mary Clay started the energy really high. <laughs> sorry, <yeah>. sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. <laughs> but yeah, hello. I am here. Oh, what a delightful time. Also, Mats, yeah. I think this is the first time I'm recording with you of like yeah, all the years that we've known each other. Yeah. I don't think we've ever recorded something together. So I I'm know, excited for that. Oh, same. I'm excited and nervous because you guys both always have a lot to say about Harry Potter. I'll show, there's literally, there's one rant that I think at midnight last night, I texted Christina about. And you I said, don't texted let me specifically. Me. Yeah, oh I God. said, don't let me finish the episode Unless I say this one thing. Now I'm really curious <laughs> so and I cannot you wait. You pre-ordered your rant. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I just we'll don't this. I, I was like, I just want to talk about this and I want to make sure I don't forget to talk about it. You know? So, yeah. so there, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I can it'll wait. be towards the, it'll be towards the end of the chapter though. So we'll cool. just have to wait on the edge of our seats to find out. <laughs> I also have. Rent, what a hook. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, you can do them, but I might cut you off. Okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I might use what we call the Andrew method and just start talking over you. <laughs> Fuck, I'm coughing. This is great. I know this episode's going to be great. I feel weird because we record every Wednesday. We record the week before episodes come out. And we usually record at 7 p.m. But as you may remember, Americans, a week ago today was the day before Thanksgiving. So we're recording with Mott's. 
me and Mary Clay are both done working for the holiday and we're recording at like noon and I have a beer and I'm like, what is even happening? You know oh, what I mean? It's I, like, what, a, what universe am I, I in? I have a dirty chai. So <laughs> what does your mug say? Well, I went and got, I got a dirty chai from the coffee shop around the corner from me. Um, not to triangulate my location. I won't say what it is. Um, and it was <laughs> so incredibly hot. Like it was so scalding that it was oh, burning yeah. my hand like through the cup and through the paper holder. Like that's how hot mm-hmm. it was. That's crazy because you're just not supposed to brew tea that hot. That hot, like, at yeah. All. Yeah. Um, so it was so high. I literally couldn't drink it for the first 30 minutes that I had it. Ugh, um, and then I and then I like took too long drinking it. So there. So then it got cold. So then I poured the rest of it in a mug and heated <laughs> it. And this is my pizza. It's a Pizza John mug. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's Pizza John. Who's, who the hell is Pizza John? <laughs> It's this deep lore thing with um, John and okay, Hank Green um, and oh, okay, uh, okay. Nerdfighteria. And um, lo- long story <laughs> short, there was a video several, like in 2008 or nine or something where he just had, he was like shaving a beard. And at one point he just had a mustache and then it kind of, the, the fandom kind of like memed it. And then uh, ever since okay. then, they do a thing uh, every year where they sell weird merch with this, and it's all for charity. So I love that. Yeah. And the mug says, uh, yeah, so don't on the talk other... to me until I've had my pizza. John. John. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love that. Um, I was on the phone with my dad yesterday. He doesn't like coffee, but he loves dirty chais. And I'm like, joke's on you. There's coffee in there. Uh, but he was telling me that he dislikes stuff that is even remotely hot so much that he goes to Starbucks and he's like, can you make me a hot, dirty chai and then put an ice cube or two in it? <laughs> Does he know that so they like, ma- that cool like if down. he says, can you give me an iced chai latte? They will do He doesn't that. want iced. He doesn't want iced. He wants it warm. Okay, lukewarm. Warm. Got it. He Not doesn't want it hot. <laughs> yeah, Luke- <laughs> right, right. Okay, interesting choice. <laughs> All right, let's get into the chapter. Well, no, wait. Now that we've Mots, talked a lot that? about dirty chives and hot liquids. <laughs> no, I forgot. I forgot that Mots isn't just one of my regular co-hosts. I'm supposed to say, Mots, how the hell have you been? Well, uh, <laughs> I've been sleeping extremely badly lately. Uh, my bed is broken, oh, no. so I've been sleeping on my couch <gasps> for the last. Wait, how, honestly, probably your bed is broken in what way? Like, I don't even know how. The but frame? like the, like the center of my bed. Like, it goes like, it's like, it's kind of hard to, like... Have you lifted up your mattress? Yes, and, like, I've got, like, two mattresses on top of each other, like, to try and work it out, but it's really, it's not working, and it's really fucking up my neck Oh my god. So, yeah, I've been sleeping Take the bed away and just sleep on the mattress. Yeah, I really should, or... Like, I'm looking into getting a new bed now, but yeah. Uh, so I've been sleeping on it's my like couch such a thing. for the last... Like, yeah, it really is. It's such a... Just such an effort. And yeah, yeah, so I've not been sleeping well for the last, like, two months. So I've... Yeah. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's, it's well, okay. I, but I actually, you're welcome, because we usually record kind of late your time. Yeah. I was <laughs> so really, today I really I'm not contributing the, uh, to your lack of sleep. <laughs> no, I am, yeah. I'm really appreciating the... Uh, earliness of this recording but other than that uh, oh, yeah. aside from probably being desperately in need of going to therapy uh, i'm fine 
Same, same. <laughs> wow, love you. So relatable. Yeah. Oh my God. It's the We Should Be in Therapy trilogy. Yay. <laughs> Guys, we got to talk about this. <laughs> about this chapter. Ooh. But, but, but about going to therapy chapter. or yeah. oh, in, chapter, yeah. Instead of going to therapy, let's talk about Harry Potter. That's probably the <laughs> That's same. That's fine. It's the same. Oh, boy. <laughs> Is it the okay. same? Chapter 20. It, uh, well, let's find out. Chapter 20, Lord Voldemort's request. Uh, what request is it? I always forget. You're going to find out, though. Oh, I also, you forgot asking me if, uh, like how I feel about this book in particular. <gasps> Please, you see what I mean? I keep forgetting I that you're not always on the podcast. The podcast. <laughs> I know, Mons. Can you just can you just do it for me? <laughs> Absolutely not. But so, um, what's the answer? <laughs> um, I would say, like, just like a lot of people, uh, I feel like this is probably my favorite book in the series at this point. Wow. Um, I, just I mean, I need like to it's... go back and listen to the whole season and do like a percentage. Yes, of people who say it's their favorite. Yeah. Oh my god. Because uh, yeah. I think it's. Definitely it's, more than 50. Oh, Cl- yeah. Close 100. To 100. It's definitely mm. the majority, for sure. I think um, it would make a great pie chart of, like, what uh, what the guests and Discord and everything to show, like, all of our different, like, what is our favorite book of this series. Yeah, that would be really interesting oh, yeah. to see. Ooh, maybe I'll make some charts. Maybe I'll do a Harry Potter wrapped. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. And make a bunch of pretty graphics. Yeah. At the end of the, yeah, by the end of the year. That'd be really That's cool. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, well, Mots, you like the super cringy shit. <laughs> and this book has that. Yeah, it has sure that. <laughs> you like the stuff that makes you be like, oh, I hate being a human. <laughs> yep. What a way to put it. The, the cringy shit and just the most <laughs> traumatic shit, which, I mean, yeah. Like I said, probably should go to therapy, but, you know. It's well, it's so funny because when we were talking about what chapter you're going to come on for, Mots, which happened because I fucked it up when you talk. <laughs> I have a problem where I just sometimes fuck things up, guys. What is that? But you were like, uh, I'd usually come on for like a very traumatic chapter, but I'll come on for chapter 20. And I was like, OK, thank you. Because you do usually pick like the most fucked up ones. And I am I remembering correctly? Hold on. Hold the phone. No. Yes, you did. <laughs> you did. You already have signed up for the last chapter. <laughs> the last chapter of Harry fucking Potter, the series. You signed up already. Well, except for the, the epilogue. But law and the plan. Well, yeah. The epilogue is, I think, chapter. the cringiest part of the entire <laughs> That's series. That's true, like, honestly. Ooh. Honestly, Maybe you're not we'll wrong. cover it on Burn Before Reading. <laughs> Please do that. Oh, my God. I like that, no. that to close out this entire podcast, you don't finish it on this feed. You <laughs> like you finish this podcast on your other podcast. It's like you podcast. have to follow me. Yeah. Oh, that'd be you really funny. You I literally are you required have to follow to go me. Listen, you, I'm forcing you to go listen to this other podcast. <laughs> Give me just one second. My gain's a little loud, so I'm going to do something kind of annoying. No worries. <laughs> that's literally how I test how loud I get. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. Okay, that's better. I'm pretty good at my fake laugh. That was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> my nephew started yeah, doing really this weird. He like literally, He's two years old, but he literally just started doing this weird. Because he knows that like when he... 
is laughing and entertaining himself, we're all entertained and we all think it's cute. Oh, yeah. So he, st- he started like really playing it up. And he started doing this like fake laugh. And I'm like, you're too. This is weird. Oh, my God. That's very funny. That's like Brooke and Mike have said that when Freya is crying, Mike and Brooke will just start laughing. And then Freya is like, oh, I got confused. We're laughing. We're laughing. (laughs) And then just it turns into laughter. (laughs) I think that's genius parenting. So Harry Potter and the Harry Potter. (laughs) Harry and Ron, they both got to leave the hospital wing on Monday, and it is great because they were both gravely injured. Hermione is no longer mad at anyone, and they're all walking together, and it's like, thank God. The cringiest line, I think, is in the very first paragraph of this chapter. Oh, God. (laughs) Do we all know what I'm going to talk about? Yep, yep. It is in the first paragraph of this chapter. Because uh, Hermione's talking about Ginny and Dean and how they oh, had a ra- they had a row, yes. as the Brits say. Oh yeah, yes. row. Uh, this line. <laughs> the drowsing creature in Harry's chest suddenly raised its head, sniffing the air hopefully. Oh my god! Wait, why was I talking about? Wait, I, within the last three days, I have made this exact same metaphor, and I don't remember if it was in real life or in podcast land. But it's like at the end of the first Hobbit movie when Smog just like opens his eye. <laughs> it's like the creature in Harry's chest oh is just like. No. <laughs> Did I make that reference literally on last week's episode? Like uh, it no was clue. so recently Couldn't that those you. words came out of my mouth. Um, I did just, I just listen to it. Much. so And I don't remember it. So I don't think you did. All right. Then maybe it was in Burn Before Reading. Or maybe I said it to a real person in real life. Not that you guys aren't. Yeah, real, I was gonna but. say, I, 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 what, what the fuck am I to you then? I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Harry's very happy that Ginny is fighting with Dean. He and Hermione's like, "Why are you so worried about it?" Which is kind of like tactless because Ron's right there. Like, I'm, I know, yeah. I'm. Hermione knows that Harry's got a big fat crush on Ginny, right? Harry's trying so hard to sound casual. Yeah, he's like, oh, I just don't, I don't want my Quidditch team. Maybe she knows. Very very good excuse. Yeah, I was gonna say that's probably the fastest and smartest that Harry Potter has ever thought. Harry Potter is smart. This book, (laughs) Harry Potter, is literally doing things in this book. I don't believe it. I think this is this is fake. This (laughs) This is not Harry. So out of character. Maybe Hermione knows that Ron is an idiot. And is so oblivious. So maybe she's like, I'm going to start dropping hints that his best friend oh. is into his sister so that when it happens, he's not totally caught off guard. Okay, that's pretty smart. I, I would probably pull some shit like that. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. Like, well, like a soft the kind launch, of person, you know. The kind of person I am, I would probably be like, Ron, you know Harry's got a crush on Ginny, right? <laughs> oh, no. Um, oh, And it's... It's so funny because Harry is like kind of so afraid of Ron's reaction to these feelings, which is super valid because Ron is extremely reactive and like weirdly like defensive and possessive sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I would be afraid of his reaction too. very excited for that crazy chapter when Harry makes out with Ginny. It's like very funny to me. It's like it's like actually (laughs) I think possibly the worst way 
He could have handled it, or is it the best because way? I'm because I'm pretty he, like, sure. Ron. <laughs> like, I mean, it's been a while, but I'm pretty sure he just like looks over at Ron, and Ron like shrugs, Ron, like, and then they go all, and then they leave to go make out. <laughs> to go make out, and it's like the most sudden character change for Ron Weasley in it's very the entire funny. series. And I'm including the part in Deathly Hallows when he's like possessed by the locket and <laughs> abandons them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, this they're chapter. Like walking, <laughs> they're walking in the hallway, and there's this like nervous little first year girl who loudly drops her scales, her brass measuring scales, as they approach. I'm sure this will never come back later. This will never come back later. I would be really grumpy if I had to carry heavy metal scales around. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. They don't have lockers in, in, yeah. in Hogwarts. Yeah. Hogwarts and they sucks. also don't have backpacks. Like, it seems like they all have, like, messenger bags, or at mm-hmm. least in the movies they do. And it's like, that's really bad Their for Their skeletal yourself. structures are real, are real messed up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think or there's maybe... a point where... Oh, go ahead, Mats. Uh, I think there's a point where uh, Harry, like, like, Cedric is wearing a backpack, and Harry is, like, like cuts open the backpack to get Cedric oh. to himself. That sounds bad, but... To... Oh, to get it. That's right. That does happen. He like does something. Yeah, he does cause something where Cedric's stuff like goes spilling out of his bag so that he can like talk to him alone. Maybe like the scales and stuff or maybe their bags or whatever are like enchanted to like maybe the scales like aren't that heavy or maybe like their bags are just enchanted to like hold stuff and not be heavy. I don't know. I found the- evidence of, of Hogwarts backpacks. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, great. Oh, okay, well that's literally. <laughs> oh yeah, the final scene. Oh, in the, yeah, sure. Oh, that's and not. That. Nope, that's, that's not, not what that is. But there's one backpack right there from okay. <laughs> from the Goblet of. Fire. It looks so. That looks <laughs> so. I feel gaslit because <laughs> I have never seen. This is a, what is it, a Mandela effect? Like, I, I've never yeah. seen a backpack in Harry Potter in my life. And then you literally <laughs> pulled up photographic evidence of it. So that looks <laughs> fake. <laughs> and of course, he's like one shouldering it. Okay, tell me right now, Mots, when you used to wear a backpack for, if you if you ever did for school or like if you wear one to travel or whatever, mm-hmm. are you a one shoulder or a both shoulder? Oh, both shoulder, 100%. Okay, Mary Clay? Um. Well, uh, I have... Uh, scoliosis. So, can you imagine what? And it, actually, to the point where, in um, uh, when I was in like fifth and sixth grade, I was encouraged by my doctor to get a rolling backpack, and I was like, "That's social oh, suicide." True. I would it's rather have a cur- I'd rather have a curve. I'd rather have a curve. Have a curve in my spine. <laughs> yeah. Than carry a roll than than do a rolling backpack. So yes, oh, medical. That's valid. Medical needs ne- uh, necessitated um, a, t- a two-strap, <laughs> a two-strap moment. I am also a two-strap girly, and that includes I travel with like a big, what do you call it, like a hiking backpack, and I, mm. I wear this, I wear like the chest and waist strap on that if it's really full. Oh yeah, and for my sure. my regular like if I'm like flying somewhere for like a weekend, I have like a big like n- like a school size backpack, but like kind of a b- on the bigger size side of that. 
and it also has a chest strap and I literally will wear the chest strap because it makes it so much easier to carry a backpack. This answer, none of these answers should surprise anyone because we're all a bunch of That's nerds. true. <laughs> but what I'm about to say is my husband, Sean, um, is like a one shoulderer. We just saw in that picture, Harry Potter one shouldering it. There's a big to do in the 21 Jump Street movie yeah! about if you're supposed to one shoulder it. Like yeah. some people one shoulder it. And I can't imagine like that makes it so much less like hands free. If there's like not that much in there yeah, and you're yeah, yeah. just going like <clears throat> sometimes I'll one shoulder my backpack if I'm going from like my apartment down to my car and, okay. you know, short point, yeah. you know, whatever. But, but not like, like about the school. If the, and- yeah. No, at school, I never one shouldered it. Uh uh-uh. Not my yeah. heavy ass backpack <clears throat> filled with books and shit. Exactly. No. I'm like a big backpack purse kind of girl. Like probably half of my purses that I own are backpacks and. I do always one shoulder that, but sometimes you go somewhere and they're like, no backpacks allowed. And then I put it under an arm so it looks like a little Percy. You know what I mean? Yes. Because they're like, no backpack. Like the VM. Purse with a Y, not Percy Weasley. Got it. That took (laughs) my brain (laughs) a moment. um, Our local art museum doesn't allow backpacks. And I always show up there with with a backpack because it's my fucking purse. And then I'm like, Mm -hmm. Cute little underarm bag. Do they think you're gonna steal? You're gonna <laughs> steal one of their art pieces with this well, tiny little purse backpack. Declaration of Independence. I think that they think I'm gonna bonk something with my tiny little purse mm. backpack, which is very silly because it really is quite small. It's a purse. Yeah. I mean, how clumsy are you? And me having a purse in my hand, I'm way more likely to fuck something up. Also, the v- the VMFA is very is a very like spread out museum like there's ample yeah, room if you're bumping totally. into shit there then you have you have a problem that's your okay anyway so this yeah. chapter <laughs> okay what this, happened god we started How talking about this like here? 15 minutes ago the ner- the nervous girl who loudly drops right. her scales as a reminder is either crab or goyle standing guard outside of the room of requirement which harry does not realize he's outside of right now. oh <laughs> Uh-huh. She's figuring it out. Oh, I didn't oh, figure it out. Is the thing you told funny. me. Um, <laughs> I, I completely forgot that was a thing because I was kind of like, this is a weird thing for her to just right? randomly weird. put into the sh- into yeah. the book. Yeah. I was like, this is so random. This doesn't. Why are you doing this? This is weird. Yeah. So then Luna Lovegood comes up with a note from Dumbledore about their next lesson. I didn't write any further notes here, but there is like a kind of lengthy, silly little back and forth. Ron is like feeling very good right now. And you can yeah, tell he's, in a he's good like nice. Mood. He's nice to Luna. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, I loved your commentary. And she's like, you're just being mean. And he's like, no, genuinely, I loved it. Yeah. And I really liked it. <laughs> yeah. I love this internet. Like this is only the attitude a man could have after shedding himself and i don't think it's officially happened yet but he has emotionally like he's emotionally done with his relationship with lavender yeah absolutely he you know it, it's just a matter of uh, of making it official with her but um he should be more stressed because he hasn't done the hardest part yeah <laughs> he's especially like, a with a girl man. like and lavender it's like, Yeesh. unfortunately, sir, almost dying does not get you out of a relationship. Yeah. You have no. to fully die if you want to go out of the relationship. Which actually, that's exactly how it happens in the movie, though, is he, I don't think we ever see him officially break up oh, with her. Oh, yeah, because 
because Lu- Lavender witnesses him saying Hermione, Hermione in his sleep. Yeah. And then like just cries and runs away. Yeah. And then it's just assumed that they're broken up. It's and that's so fucked up because you need closure about yeah. shit like that. That's yeah. not so when fucked. you're no, nah, not when you're when you're this age. Like that ver- that very much tracks that a six t- this like very unhealthy, very like extra teenage relationship would just fizzle out and end. I'm with you that it makes sense, but I still think it's fucked yeah. up that he doesn't talk to her. And then it has the absolute funniest shot. Um, which they all like turn over to look at Lavender sitting at the breakfast table and she's, st- she's like, she's like clenching a knife and like <laughs> oh, driving yeah. it into the table yeah. and is like shaking with anger and like quietly. See- oh, it's so funny. What? You're on for the movie episode. Don't worry. Okay, great. <laughs> um, I can't wait for that. But speaking okay, of so Lavender. Like, Lavender is there. Yeah. She, there's Lavender and Harry and Hermione in book world, they leave Ron with her and he catches up with them at breakfast. But like him and Lavender are clearly fighting. You know how this conversation is going. You know that she's like, Ron, oh, my God, I'm so glad you're okay. Like, let's go eat breakfast. And he's being like shitty and mulish and standoffish to her because he doesn't know how to do. Actually, I I honestly think the reverse of it happens because she immediately says, you didn't tell me you were getting out of the hospital wing. Why Why are you walking with her? So I think she kind of starts this argument. And then Ron uh, it, probably is non-confrontational with it. And is like, it's fine, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then just doesn't do anything to, like, address yeah. the situation. And so I imagine that, like, she would have stormed off or she would have been mad at, mm. more mad at him. I just, yeah. I just, I, I do agree with you. And I just feel so bad for her because like I would be really mad if I was her too I would my 30 year old me would probably still be kind of mad in her position although I would react more levelly but like she hit her boyfriend almost died and all of his friends and family were like with him and no one thought about her yeah, yeah. no one fucking thought about her and that's really upsetting like that can totally crush your sense of self-worth at this age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he go he pretends he's asleep every single yeah. time she goes to visit him. And then he gets out That's and doesn't even tell her about it. <laughs> yeah. And so sa- saying saying and you're with fucking Hermione, like she gets to know I, Lavender's jealousy is obviously too much generally, but I think being like you fucking told this bitch that you know I'm kind of jealous of and you could not even literally tell me oh, yeah, that you're absolutely. getting out yeah, of the hospital. I'm not like, saying that's that, like, fucked up. Yeah, I'm not saying that Ron isn't to blame here, but it definitely was not like a, you know, whatever. Anyway. Everyone is kind of to blame. Yeah, I'm not arguing it, with it's you. I'm bo- just saying it's the just next two, thing. Yeah, it's just like two, it's two people who both have absolutely like opposite relationship, uh, you know, like, personalities. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm also going to blame Harry for no reason other than the fact that he's Harry Potter, and I don't really yeah. like him. <laughs> hey, he could have taken steps to help. He's. I think Harry's the one who should have told Lavender that Ron yeah. had been in the hospital wing. So Harry could have helped this situation a yeah. lot, actually. No, but he's too... Are you kidding? That is so much credit that nope. you are giving to he, Harry Potter. He's getting smarter this book. He's raising the bar for me. Come on, Harry. Is he? Because he kind of gets dressed down a bit in uh, in a cu- in a couple pages here. All right. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, all right. He kind of get gets there. chewed out. So, um, 
We leave the scene. Her, her, you know who's feeling great? Hermione. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, wow, what a great day. <laughs> I love Hermione's energy. Uh, that night, Harry goes to Dumbledore's office for his lesson. Trelawney is there, and she's trying to get Ferenz fired. Or as Jim Dale says, Ferenzi. Ferenzi. <laughs> she's trying to get him fired. Yeah, that uh, sucks. I think that she Racist. has been put in a rough position. Yeah. Do you think she's getting paid the same, even though she's only teaching half as many classes as she used to? I would imagine Dumbledore's Probably, yeah. Yeah, pay, yeah. paying them the same yeah. salary. So why don't you chill out, girl? Find a hobby. It's because she views this subject and this matter as her expertise. And then someone came in who was theoretically doing it better or other people were enjoying his classes more. Yeah. So like, how would you feel if you were the subject, (laughs) if you were the subject matter on something and then someone came in and everyone else liked him way better? You'd also be upset, (laughs) you know, so. There's definitely a little bit of jealousy. Like, I get it. Oh, I'd be livid, but nobody has ever liked someone else more than they like me. So I wouldn't know anything (laughs) about that. That's not true because you've told me that your family will probably be more excited about Sean coming to this family <laughs> wedding next year instead of you. Oh, oh no. that's true. And my dad's favorite favorite um, host on the restricted section is Haley. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'll, okay. I'm going to call you out and say that no. Cool. Yeah, so it's not everyone likes you. <laughs> so it's my family who doesn't like me that much. That's cool. Same. Same. Want to swap? <laughs> no, you don't want to swap families. You don't want my family. No, thank you. <laughs> So Dumbledore says, divination is turning out to be much more trouble than I could have foreseen, having never studied the subject uh, myself. Very good. So Classic Dumbledore. Such a great Dumbledore lot. God. Because uh, you know he is cracking himself up. Yeah, he thinks absolutely. that's fucking hilarious. It's a good, like, turn of phrase, and then it's, like, just slightly self-deprecating. Like, it's classic Dumbledore. <laughs> it's very understated. I imagine, I, I don't think no this part wasn't put in the movie but like i can picture how it would be shot in a movie or you know a show where like dumbledore says that and then he kind of pauses and looks at harry and harry doesn't react and then dumbledore (laughs) is like so anyway and then kind of like goes you know (laughs) i love that like he's wondering if someone's gonna laugh with him people think this dude is smart So, Mary Clay, as you have foreseen, Dumbledore's like, Harry, did you get that memory? And Harry's like, oh, no. And I also did not try. (laughs) And and Dumbledore does that like deep, deep disappointment. Like Dumbledore in this scene is everyone who has ever managed other people at all. Like, do you feel like you did your best? Do you feel like you really tried everything? (laughs) And we're giving up already. Okay, we haven't brainstormed about this at all. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That okay. Can I just read a quote real quick? Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> His single attempt to get hold of the memory suddenly seemed embarrassingly feeble. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you it does kind of scary. Yeah, he was literally like, "Hey, Slughorn, ah. how about that memory?" Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like that's very relatable. Like the feeling of like you didn't realize you had done something wrong or shitty until someone says it, and then suddenly you're, like, you're like, "Oh my god, oh. that was so wrong or shitty." Yeah. <laughs> so I am a Dumbledore def- def- apologist defender. Yeah. I defend a lot of Dumbledore defender. Sounds cute. Un- <laughs> I-, I defend a lot of like questionable things that he does. 
You would um, gladly be, or maybe not even defend, but like I explain them, whatever. And reading this part, it got to like I do. I really love the like dynamic of like it, like it even says Harry wished that he had yelled at him rather than speaking yeah. in yeah. this like you know like that's great and all. But then he goes on to say something else for like another. There's like one extra paragraph where he's really driving this point home, and I kind of was like okay that's really shitty of you Dumbledore I think Harry gets it by now (laughs) I don't think you needed to keep guilting him into like how like I understand he wanted to make sure Harry knew how vastly important this was so maybe a little bit of that shame a little bit of that disappointment was necessary Dumbledore can read Dumbledore can read mine so he knows exactly how guilty Harry feels yeah so I think he did go a little bit too far, but then he okay. d- Harry Harry does say like, absolutely, I will I will give it my all. I I totally understand it. It's so funny because like sometimes you, like what Dumbledore is doing here is like I just need you to say like I need you to say the thing that you're like I need you to apologize, and he just he says how he feels. He's like he's like you did not do a good enough job, or he like infers that implies that. And then he lets silence fall completely mm. forever, like like Tywin Lannister style. Just I was like, literally thinking of Tywin Lannister when I was reading this chapter. With and, until until Harry finally until does what festers. Dumbledore's looking yeah. for, yeah. and is like, "I'm so sorry. I should have done better." Which yeah. is very good of Harry because I feel like um, I'm thinking about like my first couple jobs when I was in high school. Like I feel like when you're this age and someone says you like did something wrong, a lot of the time it's like excuses. And Harry does give the excuses at first, but he's like, okay, what I need to do here is apologize. Yeah. Maybe I mean, because some it's of those Dumbledore excuses are and it's like, good. can't lie to him. Yeah. Are, my friend almost friend died. died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in the hospital. <laughs> my head was cracked yeah. open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, pretty valid excuses for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If, the, if this was like my job and I was talking to my manager and this conversation was happening between me and my manager, I would probably say something like that has been that has been like at the forefront of my mind. I did. I made a first attempt. Um, unfortunately being in the hospital wing over the past week, it's not been a priority recently, but I do have a couple ideas and, um, I, I hope to have it to you by the next time I see you. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. so more so like proactive, but that's something you learn after being in the workforce for yeah. like 20 yeah. years. And then he says like, great, we will speak no more of this matter. So, yeah, and then like, he kind of like, and then he kind of smiles and you do. Cause there are some people like, you know, when you have like a weird confrontation with a friend or, or, you know, some other kind of a person in your life, there are people who are like, okay, great, then we're done here. Let's move. Let's move on. Let's move past it. And there are people who, you know, they will not move past it. And they are not. And then there are people who genuinely are like, okay, great. We've resolved this issue. Moving on. I will not, you know, hold a grudge with you about this. And you get that genuine impression here. What Dumbledore doesn't do that I at least try to do in my life is be really explicit. You know what I mean? Like, hey, all I want is like an apology and like for you to like send this, you know, like do what like all I want is for you to like say that you heard me. Yeah. Earnest. If that's that's all you want, then like, yeah, I totally heard you. Like, I'm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. If you just tell people what you need, then sometimes they can do it. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Um, And that's Tina's secret relationship. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sometimes I'm like having a temper tantrum and I'm like, Sean, I know that I'm crying really hard right now, but I just need you to come hug me. And he's like, oh, oh, thank God. Okay. And then he goes and hugs me and it's like, or during other tantrums, it's like, Sean, I need to not be perceived right now, but we live together. Can you please go away? (laughs) I'm so glad I live alone. <laughs> sometimes I love living with Sean and our partnership is beautiful, but sometimes I'm like an apartment of my own. Isn't that what Virginia Woolf wrote about? I don't know. It was Oh, I love that song in Les Mis. It's a room of one's <laughs> own is classic Virginia Woolf. Okay. There's a little recap status update because both the readers and Harry are having a hard time keeping track of all of these pieces. This was very helpful for me because I'm reading these chapters very sporadically. <laughs> so I this know. This was actually very yeah, helpful Where are we? Yeah. I was like, okay, Last so we've been doing these Harry meetings. Potter. What have we, yeah. What, what we have learned? we covered? What have <laughs> we not covered? We missed so, on Glee. Voldemort, Tom Riddle graduated. He wanted to be a teacher at Hogwarts, but he was turned down for being too young. So he went to work for Borgen and Burks, where he was often sent out to try to get other people to give up their dark items. Before we get into that, I have a question. Oh, yeah. One of the founders' name was Mr. Burke. So, like, in my book, at least, there was no apostrophe between Burke, like, in the Burks part of Borgen and Burks. And I feel like there should be. Like, oh, yeah, because Burke is a name, but, like, Burks, I haven't yeah, heard as much. Like, possessive. I grew up in, in Burke. Virginia. Mm, it's like a, the name of like a... Yeah, like his name is definitely Burke. So like it should be possessive. Maybe there's more than one. Oh, maybe there's more, more than, than one Burke that was involved. Oh, several Burks. Burks. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it was just, <laughs> Wait, just the one Morgan Morgan and Burke, and Burke. <laughs> and then several Burks. <laughs> there Guys, we go. The, the name Burke is like loose. I'm having... um. It's called semantic oversaturation I think or oversaturation is when you say words say word, so much yeah, that it like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like burk 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 my friend Alexis used to really like to say burnk all the time it was like a very funny thing <laughs> she did burk, in college burk. she would burnk for a lot of reasons she'd be like drunk That's and you'd be silly. like how you doing how you doing? And she'd be like, I'm kind of burnt. And you'd be like, what? That sounds like one it. of those um, bars that uh, Stefan on uh, SNL would say of like, this week's hottest club is burnt. <laughs> <laughs> it has everything. I don't get that reference, but I'm yeah. sure somebody's laughing. What do you out mean there. you Fox don't get laughing. that? You have not ever seen Stefan on SNL? I Bill Hader? I just don't watch SNL. I, kn- I also I didn't watch SNL when I was in middle school, which is when this was popular. <laughs> you don't know about Stefan from SNL. You have to I would stop. Argue, you literally already said that. You have to stop. I would argue this is one of Bill Hader's most famous characters. I don't think I even know any of his characters. This really. is insane. This is insane. Be- he and Seth Meyers get canonically married in the SNL universe. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> I do not know <laughs> SNL even a little bit, so it's just okay. Not yeah, Mots gets a free pass because he doesn't live in this country. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Okay. <laughs> I barely, oh my I God. Okay. Live on this plane of existence. Okay. See, here's the thing: is I would send you no, clips, but you're not going to watch them. <laughs> you're not going to watch them though. So it's really cool that you know that about me as a friend (laughs) because you, the last thing you sent me, I really wanted to watch and I just didn't. 
the last thing, the last videos you sent me, I had basically requested them. You and did. You it, did. I did request them. The American Shakespeare Theater clips, mm -hmm. and I just never mm -hmm. watched them. Because so, I get videos on my phone, and I'm, like, not trying to watch a video right this second, and then they're gone forever. You know what I mean? I wish I could cue them up for when I'm in bed late at night just flicking through. Yeah, I feel that. Okay, we need to like, move cue, on. Cue them all. <laughs> we need to stop I, this conversation. I know. I've been trying. No, you haven't. You've been. If you were really trying. I think you're like Harry trying to get the memory where you're like, <laughs> I swear I've been trying. And then you keep talking about this subject. <laughs> I did. Into actually the memory of about the house elf hokey. Oh, my God. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about my rant, like one of my rants from earlier. I'm just going to read verbatim from from my notes, but. Between ourselves, she has no idea of the danger she would be in outside the castle. She does not know, and I think it would be uh, unwise to enlighten her, that she made the prophecy about you and Voldemort, you see. And then my my comment on this is, Dumble seems extremely okay with keeping vital information about a person's secret from the person in question. And Harold, being oh blessed God, with virtually no personality and little capacity for caring about what's going on around him, unless it's affecting him personally, is very okay with this. As long as it's not being done to himself, of course. So it's a good thing Dumbledore would never do that. Uh, that never. Yeah. Absolutely never. Fuck Harry. Yeah, and fuck Dumbledore. It is, it is. <laughs> I literally insist that we enter the memory of the house elf Hokey. Because that's probably the third or fourth time I've said it. Yeah, fair. Hokey works for Actually, a witch called no, Hepzi... <laughs> I'll fucking kill you. I'll get on the fastest airplane in the world and I'll come to Norway and I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Can I please hug you first though? I have to. I have oh, a hug and then a little. It's like, oh my God, it's so nice to meet you. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> but now murder. Okay. Hokey, Again, guys. remember how you're like, I'm trying to move on. I really don't think you are. Because I think you would have just kept talking. We know that she's a bad person because she's fat. Yeah. That's what we know. And about ugly. Bazeba yeah. Smith. Mm -hmm. uh, um, she's this. also a hoarder. You know, she's just kind of disgusting. You know, maybe almost like it makes sense to take advantage of her. Actually, I also I didn't really get the impression that she's a bad person. Just that she's kind of like, I don't know, like a, an elite person in this world. You know, I think that the way that Hepzibah Smith's fatness is described is literally designed to make you think she's like a gross person yeah a bad well person. yeah sorry when we say when you say bad i don't think we are meant to believe that she is one of the bad people in this world like i don't think she's on the same she's level a death eater. i'm saying yeah i'm saying that she's written as like a piece of shit yeah i think it, it talks about like squeezing I, yeah. her fat little footies into yes. like their shoes. And, I was like, interpreting really that mean. as more of her being of this like upper crust of society in in the Wizarding World because she has this house elf, she has all of these riches and stuff. So there's a lot of ways to say that without being like she's fucking no, fat. Yes, yo. yes, I agree. All of that was for that reasoning. Every move she makes, every single move she makes, it's like she did so fatly. Like her like stubby little fingers and her like it's it like it's grotesque the way that she's talked about. It it, it was hard to listen to. Um, she's also a hoarder. Yes. Um they an anxiously awaited guest arrives. Tom. 
Tom Riddle, you know. And Harry notes Tom Riddle. that he is hot. He's like, wow, he looks pretty good. hot. Also, uh, Hepzibah is a Jewish name, right? Like, and the fact that Hep- she's a hoarder Ziba. and yeah, it's oh not God. great. Oh, maybe. It's not great, but. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. It's not great. Don't love it. Um, that does add another yeah. connotation. Yeah, sure does. Good, sure does. good, <laughs> good information. Hey, at least she's not a literal Nazi. So she is kind of Ju- yeah. I she think... is kind of Jewish coded uh, yeah. with these like stereotypes of like hoarding yeah. wealth. The... Yeah, you're right, Mots. The anti-Semitism is yes. one whole step down from full blown Nazism. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... I also think that. Hep- how, wait, how did you say it, Mots? Because you said it and it sounded right. Hepzibah. Okay. Hepzibah Smith, I think, is also, you're supposed to assume that she is related to Zachariah Smith. Yeah, I was wondering. That's something that I assumed. Yeah, I was wondering. Oh, I well. didn't at all because it's a pretty Smith common, is it's quite a pretty literally common the most common last name <laughs> in the world. So I didn't assume that at all. It's a very common last name, but I think they are both. Is this bitch a Hufflepuff? I don't know. I got, I, uh, she yeah. does say she's distantly related yeah, to the Hufflepuffs. To, yeah. And Zachariah so Smith, and Zachary is, Smith is, a Hufflepuff. is a Hufflepuff. But I still never... I, I, she doesn't I think seem that's like more a coincidence than anything. She doesn't strike me as a Hufflepuff, but... Yeah, no, she definitely... I mean, at least not now. But um, I think that the books are trying to be like, well, there's only... And don't forget, there's only like fucking eight wizard families. So yeah, at true. least one of them Maybe. is named Smith. <laughs> um, Tom Riddle brought her flowers. He's like so good at this. He's like a, the way that salespeople are like sociopaths. He's sometimes. hot. Yeah. He's suave. He yeah. is the Ted Bundy of this. He really universe. is. <laughs> um, he's here to buy her armoire wait didn't it say armor? i don't know what i don't know what it yeah what specific was it goblin armor or goblin armor that's right yeah the, uh, the armor armor armoire wait, is a piece say, of furniture it say, is goblin armor I'm, armor i don't care what your notes say your notes are wrong it is goblin armor <laughs> it's definitely armor yeah mary clay i feel like you do this thing where you scream at me about how we're disagreeing when i'm like actively saying the same thing <laughs> No, it's because you said armoire five times. So I want to make sure. Sh- because I have the anchorman problem where my notes say it and I'm like saying it. And then I'm like, that doesn't feel right. I think it's really funny that he came here for this complete for this like completely other like unrelated piece. And she was like, she was like, oh, never mind about that. Let me show you these dope ass things like unprompted. He never said anything. Which actually, I think... She's trying to fuck him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She's literally just, like, trying to, like, butter him up to fuck him. I don't think this scene is as effective of showing us about him and his past, like, his in the past as we originally think it is. Because we're told that, like, oh, he's very charming, convincing. He could talk people up, all these things. But what happens in this scene and what happens afterwards is an absolute coincidence. It is a huge, like, he did nothing that prompted her to show him the cup and the locket, which then he decided to steal those for the Horcruxes. But, like, if it had been, like, like, it's not like he came in here with the goal of seeing the cup and the locket. That was a complete coincidence that it happened. Yeah. Yeah. He's at work right now. Yeah. 
But it's to show us the evil glint in his eye. Yes. <laughs> That's what we're here for, is the covetous look. <laughs> I think it, so maybe, like, I would have enjoyed this scene more from a narrative perspective if there had been some kind of background about, like, he had, he knew that she had these things and they had been, he had been asking about them previously. 100%. Or he, or the store had been pursuing them. And she didn't yeah. want to give them up. I feel like that would have been more interesting from a narrative perspective that like she fin- he finally does something that causes her to like take them out and show them to him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If he could have been lying, saying that the store wanted them, but it was really for his own. Yeah. Uses. So it was it, it. This is all kind of. Yeah. It, it, it all just That's kind cool. of like is very happenstance the way that yeah. it happens in, in this version. Like, it kind of feels like the author is trying to do that, but it's not really coming across that way. Yes. Like, yeah. like, at le- like okay, the way yeah. that Dumbledore kind of is trying to explain it later kind of feels like that's the, like, yeah, but it's just not, like, it doesn't come across that way at all in this scene. Huh. Okay, so you're saying that the way Dumbledore explains it, it doesn't seem that way? Or, like... Dumbledore is explaining it as if he thinks that Voldemort is that Voldemort there. Did that. Yeah, but it's just okay. not the way that it comes across in the yeah. actual memory. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Dumbledore. Dumbledore explains that Hepzibah. Oh my god. Hepzibah. My brain. I think. I think it's because of Zacharias Smith. My brain is like Hepzibah Smith. <laughs> like I. I get lost. <laughs> Um, Hepzibah Smith she was killed two days later and the house elf confessed to and was convicted of poisoning her by accident so those two items disappeared her family never found them and Voldemort quit Borgen and Bergs so there's like a connection there that Hokey the house elf and uh, Morphin both super happily confessed to these murders that where it kind of looks like Voldemort totally did them Yes, yeah. So there's a pattern here. Just like the way it escalated so quickly where, because like we said, Voldemort was walking into this meeting with her with just the intention of getting this goblin armor. And then she pulls out these treasures and then he sets this plan in action. And literally 48 hours later, she's dead. Uh, and, and like that would have taken planning too to like make sure that like the poison or whatever uh, yeah, that like yeah. Hokey has access to that poison and to Imperious Hokey and like that would have taken planning and like he this was a very impulsive thing that he did then yeah. if mm-hmm. he like didn't know about these artifacts until now maybe he suspected she had them and this was yeah, just confirmation I- that she had them. So then he was mm-hmm. ready to act. But like, it's still a very impulsive thing that he did, which comes across to me as like very non, very like un Voldemort early days, you know? Yeah. Hmm, mm-hmm. I, I wonder if he was like almost just kind of waiting for a sign to take next steps here. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah, he like has this job and he's like, this job is a stepping stool. Um, and he's like, I'm not sure what exactly. And then he like sees these things and he's like, okay, I know what I have to do yeah, now. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And also like how, like, did no one think it was weird that like, okay, 
Tom, on Tuesday, Tom Riddle went to meet with um, Hepzibah Smith uh, to talk uh, on behalf of Borgen and Burke. He went to meet with her. Two days later, she died and her treasures went missing. And also Voldemort, and he quit his job at Borgen and Burke's. Nope, like, did no one make these? <laughs> did no one no. question these things? I just think that no one had all of, of those pieces of information at the same time. Because mm. you know what I mean? Like, like the, the, the Smith family wouldn't know that Voldemort quit his job. And like, they wouldn't maybe have known that like he came to her house. You know what I'm saying? So I feel sure, like yeah. maybe Dumbledore is the first person to have all that information. Mm. Sure. Yeah. So after this, Voldemort went MIA for like literally 10 years. So that's cool. Went Ten underground. years yeah. later. Okay. So you have a street with stores dedicated to the dark arts. Like only stores dedicated to the dark arts. And it seems to be a well-known fact that only the sketchiest people buy their shit there. Like Molly and Arthur like clearly don't let their kids near Nocturne Alley. And like mm-hmm. Hagrid literally has to rescue Harry from there. So... Why the fuck is Nocturne Alley allowed to exist? Like, like without anyone Money. doing anything about it. Hmm. It's like a porn store, but like really big. Yeah. Like it's kids like, aren't allowed at the porn store. Yeah. But like, like porn is not sketchy in the way that it feels like Nocturne Alley is. I think it's the kind, I think it's the kind of thing where Nocturne, Nocturne Alley, it's, it's sketchy and it's weird and sure they probably like the government or whatever probably knows the bad shit, like bad deals go on in Nocturne Alley, but it's probably the thing where it's like, well, I mean, Borgen and Burks, like they're not like everything is technically above the board. Yeah, like they're fair. just a shop selling stuff. It's not illegal for them to sell mm-hmm. creepy artifacts and none of the artifacts oh, yeah, that they're um, selling are technically fair. illegal. So I'm sure it's that kind of a situation. And when Hagrid meets Harry there one time, he said he was buying yeah. slug repellent. So maybe it's literally just like a kind of uh, like experimental potion master. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like their rent fair. is cheaper. Oh, actually, mm-hmm. I'm going to connect this to our book that we're reading for the Deus Ex Media Book Club. I won't give too much away. So the book is, what is it? A long, angry journey to a lonely planet, something like that. What's it called? The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet by Becky Chambers. Thank you. Um, And there's, uh, I'll try to like bring this out of context, but there is a moment where someone is diffusing um, like bombs and they see that the main ingredient is this, it's the main ingredient that was used to build these bombs technically does have other uses in this world. Like the main use of this thing is not just to build bombs. So it's mm-hmm. not an illegal ingredient. Like, it's not illegal. It wouldn't have been flagged when it was snuck on this yeah. ship. So it's, I imagine Nocturnality is that kind of a thing where, like, it sells these things that, like, have a variety of uses, but there's probably other more evil uses That's for those fair. things, So, like, too. what I was picturing was, like, if, like, Fifth Avenue in New York had, like, a street going, like, parallel to it where, like, that only sold, like, Nazi shit. Like that was kind of what I like what I was picturing. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, Andrew's not here, but wow. someone has to bring up Nazis. You know, real. That's what when they say free market, that's what they mean. Yeah. Yeah. So the next memory is Dumbledore's. We're back in his office, and Voldemort is there, and he's not hot anymore, guys. 
And Dumbledore is also yeah. now the headmaster. Yes, Dumbledore is the headmaster. Voldemort looks bad and weird. You know, maybe like something magic has corrupted him deep inside his soul or whatever. Or maybe it's just the fact that it's 10 to 15 years after he graduated <laughs> high school and he no longer but looks like, he looks like, like a t- no, no, it does. It does. It, no, it no, says no. he looks like waxy. No, no, I, I do. I, no, no, no. That is absolutely what happened. But I was just kind of laughing of being like as someone who is now at the 10 year mark of like when I graduated high school and I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm like, oh, I have wrinkles. <laughs> I have like bags under my eyes. And it's like, oh, no, this is just aging. <laughs> I am. Like, it's been 10 years since I was last in high school, you know? Mm -hmm. So, like, I was just kind of, like, laughing at this part just with, like, if you just used, like, that perspective to look at (laughs) it, it's just kind of funny of, like, or maybe it's just that he's 35 and not 17. (laughs) Yeah. I think that he Voldemort's maybe, like, halfway on his way to how he looks in current times, like, not enough to be like fully scary, but enough to be a little like uncanny. Yeah, definitely. Like if you um, saw he's him, like, he's like pale and yeah. If you saw him in the corner of a bar skulking, you would be very disturbed by it. Yeah, I mean skulking in general <laughs> is a little scary. Um, no, it's not. Um, because I can think of one particular instance where it's actually the hottest thing <laughs> in the world. Oh my god! Oh my you god! Mean, oh Why my do we god. not? All- <laughs> Come on, guys. Yeah, <laughs> No, Aragorn. Right, right. I, I stand corrected. Um, it's the Steve Buscemi test. If you think something's yeah, like yeah. super hot, then be yeah. like, if it was Steve Buscemi, is it still okay? Like, I, yes. I get that Chris Hemsworth is like grabbing you, but if it was Steve Buscemi, is it still okay that this man is grabbing you? It's only okay when Aragorn does it. Okay, so. <laughs> so Voldemort is like, call me Voldemort, but Dumbledore's like, no. Well, he doesn't even say it yet. He just says, my friends call me. And Dumbledore's like, oh, I know. <laughs> but you're, st- you're still a child to me. So. Aww. Right. So I hope that Dumbledore respects other students' name yeah. changes. But I get why I was, he wouldn't be like, yeah, I'm going to call you Voldemort. <laughs> I was thinking that. But like, it's like, it feels better in this scene. Like, it's more of a power move rather than like him being disrespectful of like named like identity if your student changes their name because of gender identity things respect that if your gen if your student changes their name because they have become (laughs) evil and they need an evil overlord name maybe don't respect respect that i am flee from death knowing what we know now about jkr this Mm -hmm. this interaction can definitely like with the lens of like yeah. transphobia you know like with yeah. with a queer lens reading this this interaction i definitely see how her belief systems and her how how she views trans people i definitely see how that comes through with just this simple act of i go by this name now and dumbledore not doing that and we're supposed to view this mm-hmm. as like oh yeah all right yeah Heroism. dumbledore's right like Dumbledore's right for not calling yeah. him this new name that he wants to be called. So I definitely yeah, see how like this like is a, a power thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. And like, obviously yeah. they're totally different yeah. situations um, of a trans person <laughs> in Voldemort <laughs> choosing different names, but to JKR, they are the yeah. same situation. 
And I think it doesn't really change anything. Dumbledore could have started calling him Voldemort right here, and it c- wouldn't have changed anything. You can still defeat him for yeah, being it's evil, purely, but call him the name he wants. It's purely just a a character building, a, a character moment that we see for Dumbledore. And like that simple act tells us a lot about this scene and this interaction and who yeah. these people are in this moment than it would if he just, you know, called him Voldemort. Yeah. Yeah. So Voldemort asks for a job. And honestly, it was a no before. It's a hard no now, my <laughs> yeah. dude. He's like, um, <laughs> you look like a pedophile. Maybe, <laughs> maybe if you weren't starting a Nazi <laughs> regime, we'd consider it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. yeah. There's we we have some reservations, <laughs> and I love that so, Dumbledore says like, "Of course it's a no. Why did you come here? You knew it was going to be a no. I knew it was going to be a yeah. no." And he says it. Yeah, so uh, like, he says it like outright. Here? Like this is a very short scene. Like there's very little. Yeah. Like hedging and like humoring each other. They get to the point pretty quickly yeah. and effectively. Yeah. Voldemort just starts bragging. He's like, I've pushed the boundaries of magic. Oh, this part annoyed me. Apparently, Dumbledore has been proselytizing about love magic for some time. As Voldemort's like, (laughs) you and your love magic, Dumbledore. And it sounds really lame. Like, it sounds really It does sound lame. I also wouldn't have cared about love magic. (laughs) I still Uh, do not. (laughs) Like, yeah, I believe in the power of community, but, like, not like this. It's, It's really annoying. Like, this part of this scene in particular is really annoying. The like love magic, love conquers all debate is. Yeah. It's just uncompelling. And if Voldemort has been going evil and Dumbledore has been like, have you considered love magic? It's like, it's not a good argument. It's kind of like, don't be a Satanist, be like a Catholic. And it's like, well, maybe there's like other things we should be talking about here. Like maybe there's like middle ground and like more nuance to this. Dumbledore brings up the Death Eaters. He knows exactly who Voldemort has been traveling with and where they're waiting because they are waiting at the Hogshead and his brother is the owner. Well, he says, and Voldemort's like, I see you have eyes everywhere. And he's like, or I'm just friends with the barkeep. And I like, because I don't know about you guys in Deathly Hallows, but like when that reveal happened, I was very like I don't remember how I felt. And did not see it did not see it like coming at all. But when you go back and you read the series and anytime they reference the hog's head or they reference the Mm -hmm. barman, you see those little seeds planted and you're like, okay, damn, that was actually pretty good foreshadowing there. Not even foreshadowing, just like little Easter eggs. I totally agree. And he, it it stands out more because we get to meet Tom, the barman, and we get to meet Rosemurda, the owner of the other one, the three broomsticks. And, but we like never, it's always just like the barman at the hogshead. And looking back, it's like a glaring yeah. kind of yeah. like uh, exception. Well, and at the time though, but when you're reading it, it makes sense that we don't get to know the, that bar yeah, you don't notice man that well because the hogshead is like sketchy kind of part. the shady sketchy. bar, the sketchy bar. So like it would make sense that at the three broomsticks, which is very... It's very popular. It's very warm and welcoming. It would make sense that you yeah. know the bar person there, but uh-huh. it 
And so, like, it makes sense that you don't know the bar person there at the Hogshead because you would go there and be like, keep your head down. Don't talk to anyone. Don't, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like, it all it yeah. all really makes sense and connects and works well. Yeah. That's kind of it. Like, the, this memory doesn't really resolve <clears throat> in any kind of way. So we come out of the memory again and back into Dumbledore's office, his now office. Harry is like, why do we come back? What's going on here? Oh, no. Wait, why he came back? Harry wants to know why he came back. Why Voldemort came yeah. back? Yes. Anyway, maybe. my notes are very confusing. <laughs> Armoire. Um, pronoun specificity. But anyway, Dumbledore says, like, we'll know the next thing that happened when you get that fucking memory from Slughorn. Remember the thing I yeah. asked you to He's do like, a month ago? Yeah, everything will make a lot more sense when you find this extremely important piece yeah. of the puzzle. It's so funny because earlier in the scene... Harry, when he's apologizing, Harry's like, I should have known that you wouldn't have asked me to do it if it wasn't important. And it's like so wild how he has to keep being told because he asks earlier <laughs> yeah. in the book, he's like, is this yeah. important? And Dumbledore's like, yeah, man, kind this is. is important. And then he's like, oh, I should have realized it was important. It's like, look, I fucking told you he's it was made, important. He's made, Harry has made progress in this book of being smart. You're so right. No, you're so but, right. But he's yeah. still Harry Potter. <laughs> he's still harry potter he has to be told multiple times and again that's i i still don't it leads it that like just whole interaction with dumbledore in this memory that he has to get does just leave this bitter taste in my mouth because like it's kind of the one like dumbledore knows what an incredible burden has been placed on harry and I'm pretty sure in the last book, they, you know, they had the whole conversation and he says, like, I didn't even want to make you prefect because I didn't want to put anything else on you. And so for Dumbledore to be harping on this fact that, like, this is incredibly important that you get that, like, it just it kind of yeah, it just kind of like saddens me that Dumbledore is placing another incredible burden on Harry yeah. um, to, like, mm-hmm. get this memory. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Oh. So Dumbledore points out that ever since the scene we just witnessed, he has not been able to keep a defense against the dark arts teacher for more than a year, which is very cool and interesting. Yep. I think that's fun. Okay. Yes, Mary Clay. So this She's is what I texted you about Hell last yeah. night. Um, and this is the point that I wanted to talk about because I was like, I was trying to do, I was doing the math in my head and I was like, this, this sounds ridiculous. This doesn't make sense. Tom Riddle graduated at Hogwarts in 1949. We don't have exact years on any of this, so this is all just kind of guessing. He works at Borgen and Burks. We don't know for how long, and we don't know like how old he is or how many years he had been working at Borgen and Burks when he had that mm-hmm. meeting with Hepzibah. But the wiki guesses between 1955 and 1961. I personally think that's a little late in the timeline. I would say that like, Five years after graduating from Hogwarts. So let's see. So like, I, I would say like five years after he ended his formal education, he would have like built up this reputation at Borgen and Burks and he would have been having mm-hmm. that meeting with her. So that would be 1954. Then 10 years later, 1964 is when he has this meeting with Dumbledore and he supposedly places this curse on the um, defense against the dark arts position. So that would mean, and Harry Harry starts uh, in what, 1990, 91. Yeah. This book is, uh, this book yeah. is 96, yeah. I think. 
So that would mean they have gone. I do not believe for one second that Hogwarts has gone through 30, 20 to 30 plus <laughs> defense yeah, against the bit- dark arts teachers. Yeah. That seems bonkers to me. I think it would make yeah. more. I uh, watching the movies. I got the impression that like this curse started either when Harry was born or when Harry started at school. Like I never, and you kind of hear about this curse um, as kind of like a rumor or like a fun, um, not, not lore. What's the word I'm looking for? Anyway, it's kind of like passed around the students at Hogwarts in the books that you hear them mention of like, oh yeah, well, you know, they say the position is cursed and it's like, oh, that's just like students making stuff up or whatever. But I kind of got the impression that like when Harry starts and a couple years into it, they start pointing out like, isn't it weird that you can't keep a teacher in this position? And it's like, you're only just now bringing this up after supposedly 25, 30 years of this is just now when people are like, isn't it weird (laughs) that you can't like, I just, the math doesn't math to me. And I think this is one of those things that like JK has, she's said before about like how many students there are in each class and in each house. And like that doesn't line up with like how many kids you see sitting at the like grand at the great hall tables. And like, I I think that's just we have a bonus episode about this. Yeah. A Patreon bonus episode about math. Math. Yeah. So I would I would I think the just the explanation is just that like this thing, I think, would have to be added to that category of like the math Mm -hmm. isn't mathing. And like it sounds a lot cooler to say like. And ever since that meeting where I denied Tom Riddle the defense against the dark arts position, it's been cursed and we haven't been able to keep anyone for more than a year. Like that sounds a lot cooler. And then just don't <laughs> think about it. Just don't do the math. Just don't, just don't, yeah. don't math question ain't math. So that's my <laughs> rant. <sighs> if they need to keep hiring defense against the dark arts teachers, you, you think they would have had to go outside the country by now. They keep yeah. finding white <laughs> British men to do it. Yeah, yeah. You think you'd have to look to any other demographic eventually. And it does kind of um it does kind of make sense like later on like how desperate Dumbledore gets that like it it explains why he hired Lockhart. Yeah. Like that's how desperate he was is that because yeah. by the time he hires Lockhart, that's supposedly like the 30th professor yeah. that yeah. they have had. <laughs> I feel like I don't think we talked about this, but I feel like Quirrell was like a good teacher. Yeah. Aside from. And that's the other thing I didn't get reading, reading the book. I never got the impression that Quirrell was like a brand new teacher to Hogwarts. He's not. When you read the first book. Yeah, it doesn't seem that way. Yeah. So like Quirrell's position doesn't line up to me with the curse. Like he used to teach muggle studies. though. It's all kind of crazy. Or was it muggle? Oh, did was it, it okay. was or was it something? I, he he used to teach, but it wasn't Defense mm. Against the Dark Earth. What did Coral teach? Before? You're right. He taught Muggle Studies. The internet knows. But I feel like this is a lot of information that was then... Retcon, is retcon yeah. what happened? Yeah, retcon is when yeah, you like add totally. things in after the fact to make other things that you said make sense yeah. and line up. Totally. What is it? What is it? Retroactively does connect... Ret- co- Correction, yeah, maybe something like that. Retroactive. I'm with you on the retroactive. Retro. 
Retroactive continuity. continuity that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's just the point I wanted to bring up about the about this curse is that like it sounds cool and dramatic, yeah. uh, but when you like think on think about the math, it is extremely absurd. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like that's <laughs> I feel like that's the case for a lot of shit in this in this series, but yeah, the, that that yeah, part really. in particular is kind of uh, weird. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're at the end of the chapter, Mots. Was there anything from your notes that we haven't talked about yet or any any lingering thoughts in that brain? I mean, I have a lot of notes, but not necessarily ones that like really stand out to me right now. I, I was going to say maybe think. like good ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, I think, a very interesting instance this far into the series where this chapter, usually like a lot of different stuff will happen in the chapter. But this chapter is pretty much like they get out of the hospital wing there's like some background drama with the different like teenage relationships. And then Harry has the lesson with Dumbledore. And like, that's essentially yeah. it. And like, mm-hmm. I think that's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Um, Like this far into the book, this far into the series. Cause usually like so much is happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, one recurring note that like every time Hokey's brought up, like every time I mentioned Hokey, my notes, I just write justice for Hokey in parentheses. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The uncomfortable feeling of reading about a house elf at any time. Yeah. I want to know what did they do to Hokey when they like convicted her for murder? Like, Ac- did they send accidental a accidental murder? Did they yeah. send a house elf to Azkaban? It like is Azkaban the only prison in the Wizarding World, or are there other? Yes. The the only one in the UK. There's the. Uh, yeah. The, there's the one that Grindelwald was in or Okay, but like, are there or yeah. are there other levels of like, nope, uh, of the penal system? And nope. yes, I did yeah, just I say really penal. Don't think so. <laughs> like, is it? Is it's it, really fucked uh, up. Is it like, like, would you go to Azkaban for like, for driving recklessly, jaywalking? <laughs> you know? Yeah, I jaywalk once, and now mm-hmm. I'm sitting in Azkaban. <laughs> I think the answer is yes. <laughs> okay, well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all fucked. Yeah. Because, like, if it was a wizard that did that, they would probably just, like, take their wand away because that's the punishment for, like, getting expelled from Hogwarts oh, is, yeah. like, once you take a wand away from a wizard and you strip them of their right to have a wand, then, like, they're essentially, you know, they can't really do anything else about it, I guess. But, like, with a house elf, like, what do you do, you know? I know it's uh, like someone in the black family once like started a tradition of beheading house elves like the moment they they stopped being useful. So I feel like maybe something like that, which is really fucked up, but also really on brand. And it also it makes me. No, I'm going to stop now. I'm going to let Christina in this episode. So maybe something fun and happy. What about the beast in Harry's chest, right, guys? <laughs> funny you say, huh? Uh, well, what was your fun far, favorite let, part of this chapter? Yeah, my favorite part of this chapter. Hmm, oh, it's that everyone's friends again. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm happy for them. I like Ron being genuinely nice to Luna. Yes. Yeah, that was a great moment yeah, for him. Yeah, I do love that. Um, what was my favorite part? Um, like, 
I actually do kind of like the scene between Dumbles and Voldy. Um, like, I do... Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. hate the part about the, uh, like, love magic and shit like that. And, like... Sure. Yeah. Like, first of all, it's not at all a compelling plot point or whatever. And also, Voldy is just being a moron and really ignorant. However, I do like the... Mm-hmm. It's not really a power struggle necessarily because Vol- or Dumbles really dominates the scene. But, like, mm-hmm. I, do, I, I do love whenever we get to see Dumbles just be, like... Not just, like, a powerful wizard, but, like, a really powerful person. Yeah. And so, like, I think that part of the scene is really compelling. Yeah, it's a really interesting dynamic to watch because we're told that these are the two most powerful wizards. Voldy is such a disappointment in this scene, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why didn't they fight? (laughs) Why why didn't Um, they duel? And I did, like, I really love the point where Dumbledore, he said, like, you've grown up. You've done a lot. You've changed. And I can no longer like you are not the boy that I could once frighten into doing the yeah. right thing by setting wardrobes yeah. on fire. You know, like yeah. Yeah. I can't tell you it, it's it, and that's a very like human thing as well of like pa- of like anyone in an author- authority figure position with another a younger person and seeing that younger person grow up and coming to that point where you realize like I did what I could when you were young to help you learn how to make the right choices and do the right things. Yeah. But like, I can't make you do those things anymore. Yeah. It's also interesting because at the end of order of the Phoenix, when Dumbledore and Foldsborn are fighting, the question got raised, have they ever, ever fought before? Yeah. And there's, there's just no evidence of it. Yeah. I'd say that was probably their first time. Yeah. Yeah. First and last. Yeah. Uh, um. Let's move on to plugs. Oh yeah. Mots, where Yay. can the people find you on the internet? Um. I mean, if for some reason, I mean, I I don't really use Twitter that much anymore. But like, I then mean, don't can, mention it. Okay. Fair. Um. <laughs> um. You can find me on Instagram at m.fur. That's m d o t f u r. Uh. And that's yeah. I think that's it. Awesome. And what do you have to plug this week that you've been watching, reading, listening to? Um, yeah, so now that we can finally plug No Longer Struck Work, um, I've been watching Phoenix and Ferb lately, and it's Aww, just yay. fucking delightful. It's honestly such a fun show, and everyone should watch it. I love that. I love that show. I love cartoons, truly. They're so... It's so fun. All cartoons are so good. Some of them are truly exceptional. They really are. Mary Clay, where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on, <laughs> I don't know anymore. Um, I think by the time Crushed this it. episode comes out, um, I will still be doing the last couple episodes of Drunk Middle Earth History on That's What I'm Talking About. But um, again, now that the strikes are over, I have started planning uh, Skywalk Before You Run. So Woo! that will be coming yeah. sometime. I'm expecting January 2024. So coming up very soon. Fuck um, yes. So you can follow uh, at Tolkien About Pod on Instagram and threads. And then Skywalk Before You Run on Instagram. And then, oh, and also I've been uh, I've been streaming on Twitch. And that's been very fun. And I am going to start playing a... Not a not a new to me game, but a different game on the stream called the Stanley Parable. It's very like dry sarcasm type humor. Um, so that's on Twitch.tv nice. slash MC WhatsApp. 
Hell yeah. And what have you been watching, reading, listening to, et cetera, et cetera, that you would like to plug this week? I want to plug two documentaries on Netflix. The first is like a cult, like kind of like absolutely batshit insane type stuff. Um, it's a docu-series. I don't remember the exact name of it, but it's uh, just look up Twin Flames and mm-hmm. It's absolutely insane. I won't tell you too much about it. It doesn't take long at all for you to like get into it. But I'll just say this to to hook you and draw you in. The phrase spirit penis is said <laughs> multiple times with absolute sincerity. I'm sold. <laughs> okay. And then the second the second documentary that I want to plug is very it's probably the most brutal thing I've ever watched. Um, but the trial for this case just completed and the people involved in this case got everything that they deserved. So it does kind of have um, like justice has now kind of like wrapped it up, but it's a documentary called Take Care of Maya, um, where basically uh, when she was a child, she had this like she has this chronic, uh, very rare health condition and was brought to the emergency room. But the hospital staff didn't believe the mother and accused her of having Munchausen, like Munchausen's disease and Munchausen by proxy. So oh. the child was then taken into protect- protective custody. And then it kind of spirals from there. Um, and Whoa. it's a really, um, it's a really sad, brutal case. Um, but again, like I said, this, uh, the trial was happening for this family. Um, like IRL, I think it wrapped up like a week ago. So um, you might have seen her name or this documentary like floating around in the news or, or on TikTok or something. So I would recommend both of those documentaries if you um, are wanting a, a, you know, something to watch that's not, you know, like a, a show or a movie. Awesome. Thank you so much. I've been your host, Christina. You know where to find me. And this week I'm going to plug. Um, oh, what the hell is it called? Um, I have this book series that I like. Fuck, what's it? The, the books are, uh, I think it's called the, oh, I, okay. It's, You're killing it's, it. <laughs> well, listen, listen to why it's hard. The, it's a series, and the first book is, uh, Three Dark Crowns. And then the second book is Five, oh, fuck, man. They're all, they're all like this that. Is, this is <laughs> live footage of me trying to name the Star Wars movies. <laughs> And they are all really similar like that. Oh. Um, okay. Revenge me, I, of the Last Jedi Returns. <laughs> okay, I Googled it. I just, I'm, back it up. I'm going to start over. It's called the Three Dark Crowns series by Kendari Blake. It's a go. four book series that I read over the summer that I really liked. And then I have been reading, there's two novellas that they published in one book called Queens of Fenburn that like are like a prequel and then like an in the middle quill of the original series and I'm just having a very good time getting reimmersed in the world. It's like a feminist Game of Thrones. So Ooh, nice. I, I just really recommend that series. It's awesome. Nice. I hope you keep the uh, the first attempt at plugging <laughs> that in the episode. I always do. I think it's important to show people that everybody fucks up all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fuck yeah. I approve. <laughs> Mods, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always thank just you so a pleasure much for to have me. you. And it was cool. I, we Monty has never recorded with Mary Clay. Yes, so I like yeah, getting new combos really on the great. show. Always mixing and matching all my friends to see who makes the funniest trilogy. Yeah, I think this is the second time ever that I've been on this uh, podcast and have not 
recorded with Andrew or Haley. So it's oh, that's funny. <laughs> you know why? You know why? It's because you always do those crazy quizzes for us, and I'm like, I can't subject. Mo- I guess Andrew <laughs> and Haley, if somebody has to do this. <laughs> funny you should mention that because I actually have another idea for a quiz. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I'm not expecting you to let me do another one, but uh, you know. Well, you know why? That's so it's because I I already know what all of the bonus episodes are going to be between now and the end of the fucking book series. Oh, fair enough. Isn't that crazy? It's like yeah. in a year. It's soon. Maybe it's we'll wild. do that for like a fun Discord thing. Ooh. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Anyway, join our Patreon if you want to know what goes on in the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> what if I don't want to join the Discord? <laughs> well then you're lame I don't even believe you because it's you I'm definitely not already in the discord <laughs> well I love you guys <laughs> alright fuck off <laughs> and that's it bye that's, it. that's what I'm talking about <laughs> That's it, Podheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. I'm Christina Kahn. And I'm Leela Hilton. And this is Burn Before Reading. The podcast about shitterature. We're here to examine the terrible writing we did when we were younger. Uh, like that school project you were really proud of. Or that poem you wrote when you got dumb. Well, how about that apology letter you wrote to your mom when you got into that fight? Or the song you recorded before you knew how to write music. Okay, don't at me. (laughs) And we're here to talk about other cringy literary topics along the way. Like the Library of Alexandria. And Dewey Decimal. His name was Melville. Melville Dewey. Oh, well, do we want to get the clips rolling? I don't think I ever recovered from this in terms of being cool. Why did I say any of this? I do like the drama. So there is actually quite a bit to unpack here. Oh, all this drama was so addictive as a teenager. There's no punctuation to it. I'll start with that. I actually have no memory of this. There were so many, so many lies that I was telling it. It's not terrible. No one like really taught me how to write a good short story. That was a journey. Listen to Burn Before Reading every Wednesday, wherever pods are cast. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Dave X Media.